Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Today's lessons are about wealth and poverty, rich and poor. It's hard for us to believe, I know, but the poorest person in the room is rich beyond the imagination of three-fourths of the planet. And the richest person in the room is poor compared to the poorest person in the kingdom of God. The story about a man who died and went to the pearly gates and St. Peter told him he could bring in one of his most prized possessions. But since he had many possessions, he figured that what he would do is melt them all into a single gold brick. When he got to the gate, St. Peter said to him, you brought pavement? <laughs> this morning's Old Testament lesson is from the book of Amos, a prophet of the 8th century B.C., the 8th century prophets who included Amos, Hosea, and Isaiah of Jerusalem emerged as religious conservatives during a time of crisis in the history of Israel, reminding Israel of its religious roots and warning of Israel's coming destruction if the nation did not turn again to the faith of the founders. Israel had begun as 12 nomadic tribes. The tribes were like extended families. They were governed by patriarchs, but were essentially egalitarian. When the tribes entered the promised land of Canaan, they settled into an agricultural economy and became like the nations, eventually ruled by a king and becoming a nation of rich landowners and a mass of the Ame Ha'ariks, the poor of the land, or dirt poor. For the prophets, this inequality created a national crisis. Israel's religious identity had been formed when they had been slaves in Egypt. Then the Egyptians treated us harshly, and we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers. And the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction and our toil and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great terror, with signs and wonders, and brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. In return, from the exodus at the Red Sea, Israel entered into a sacred covenant with the Lord at Mount Sinai. Israel was to worship the Lord, 
who brought you out of the land of Egypt. They were to obey his commandments and statutes and ordinances in the Torah, the law of Moses. Above all, they were to love the Lord their God and their neighbor as themselves. Israel was to be a holy nation, not like the other nations of the earth, but a royal priesthood to the Lord. They were to do justice and love kindness and walk humbly with God. And they were not to wrong even the stranger or the alien because you were strangers in the land of Egypt. By the 8th century, many had forgotten all this. The United Kingdom of David and Solomon had split in two. The northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. The Ameh Haaretz suffered at the hands of the rich landowning class who had forgotten the God of the Exodus and turned to the fertility gods of Canaan who promised prosperity and did not demand justice but only sacrifices a small price to pay for the prosperity they enjoyed. The prophets, especially Amos, warned that a judgment was coming. Israel's God, not the fertility gods of Canaan, was the true Lord and judge of history. And he was a jealous God. Amos saw a great and terrible day of judgment coming. On that day, he said, The Lord God, says the Lord God, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. The judgment would come at the hands of Assyria, a fierce nation in what is now Iraq. Assyria was on the move, and when they conquered a nation, they marched their captives into exile and worse. And so we heard today Amos say, Alas for those who are at ease in Zion, who lie on beds of ivory, who sing songs to the sound of the harp, who drink wine from bowls but are not grieved over the ruin of Joseph. Therefore, they shall now be the first to go into exile, and the revelry of the loungers shall pass away. And the day of judgment came. Assyria did conquer the northern kingdom in 721 BC. Its ruling class was carried off into exile, never to return. And the land was repopulated by foreigners. The land of the northern kingdom became a land of mixed-race Samaritans, a remnant of the ten lost tribes. By the time of Jesus, this history was a part of Israel's story, and Israel had learned a lesson. The Torah, the law of Moses, is for real. 
The Pharisees and the scribes insisted that the neglect of its commandments would bring destruction again, just as it had in the days of Amos. But according to Jesus, the Pharisees had learned the wrong lesson. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, he said, for you tithe mint, dill, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. Go, he said, and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And so he told today's parable of the rich man and Lazarus. But in Jesus' telling, the day of judgment is not just a day in history. It is an eternal judgment. But the, but the judgment is not, just, is not unjust or arbitrary or a mere reversal of earthly fortunes. The rich man's punishment is to suffer his earthly spiritual condition for all eternity. Just as Israel's judgment came because the rich languished in luxury and were not grieved over the ruin of Joseph, so the condition of the rich man is exactly in eternity what it had been on earth. He saw Lazarus, if at all, only as a means to alleviating his suffering. Father Abraham, send Lazarus to dip his finger in water and cool my tongue. Well, today, we know more than Amos. We know more than the rich man. We even know more than those who heard Jesus. And so we have no need to fear the day of the Lord, the day when the sun will go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. That day has already come. For from noon on, darkness came over the whole of the land until three in the afternoon on Golgotha, on Good Friday. For God made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. And because he became poor, so that we might become rich, we must not pass him by or imagine that he is only there to ease our earthly suffering. 
for now, when we encounter him, even in the least of his brethren, among the hungry and thirsty, and naked and imprisoned, or among the sick and the alien strangers, we remember him and we give thanks to him. For when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, God in his mercy sent Jesus Christ, his only and eternal son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to him, the God and Father of all. For as we said today, God shows his almighty power chiefly in showing mercy and pity. And so we pray only for the fullness of grace that we may, might not ignore the lessons of Moses and the prophets and the one who has risen from the dead, but might run to obtain his promises and partake of heavenly treasure. Amen.